you know how it is when summer comes and you have an album which you play over and over, which seems to sum up a very particular time and place, in which every song seems to sing of life and the very joy of living it. Yay is a collection of upbeat poems for uncertain times, poems of imagination and escape, whimsy and warmth, humanity and honesty. From a man trapped in a toilet in a motorbike museum with a cistern which refuses to flush, to a small town in West Virginia which absolutely everything has a sudden erotic undertone via scratch and sniff hieroglyphs and the world's most mediocre circus. These poems are a vegetable collection of life and love from the Professor of Whimsy. Hello, welcome to the Burning Eye podcast. I'm your host, Bridget Hart, editor of Burning Eye Books, the leading publisher for performance artist in the UK. Today I'm going to be joined by the prolific and wonderful poet Robert Garnham. Robert has been performing comedy poetry around the UK for over 12 years at various festivals, fringes and theatre and poetry events. He has made a few short TV ads for a certain bank and a joke from one of his shows was listed amongst the funniest at the Edinburgh Fringe. He was recently an answer on the TV quiz show Pointless Lately, he has been writing short stories for magazines and a humorous newspaper column. During his career, he has performed on a moving train, in a florist, on a boat, on a bus, as well as headlining at the legendary LGBT duplex cabaret in New York. He has won poetry slams in London, Edinburgh, Exeter and Totnes. He also provides vocals and lyrics for the experimental jazz fashion band Croydon Tourist Office. Just as a little advance note to this episode, I recorded this while I had a cold um, and there are definitely points where you could tell that I've got a cold. (laughs) Um, Anyway, enjoy, sit back, get yourself a cup of tea uh, and enjoy the episode. Hello, it's May, I think. It's still May. We're still in the month of May. It's been terrible weather. I don't know about where you are, um, but it's been raining a lot here in Bristol. But this morning, as if by chance, the sun came out, probably because the day knew that I was going to be talking to the wonderful Robert Garnham. Hello, Robert. Hello, Bridget. Hello. Thank you so much for having me along today. I'm really looking forward to it. It's so nice to have you. I can't believe all the years that we've worked together and we haven't had you on the podcast yet. Um, So it's a pleasure to have you today. Thank you. How have you been doing? I've been doing really well, thank you very much. Yeah, really excited about the book coming out at the end of last week, and um, it just seems so unreal. It, it's a, it's a, it's an actual thing. It exists rather than a concept. It's, it's it's alive. I know. Yeah, it's really weird. I think I feel like um, the pandemic has really done something to that sort of almost dragging length of time between being having the manuscript uh, accepted to go through to publication. And then it's quite a long wait, it's quite a long process before, you know, you have the book in your hands. And I think Mm. last year's pandemic made that feel even more like a long stretch of time. Um, So it's been a joy to start releasing books again in the spring and with the hope of um, uh, gigs outside again um, and just general, general renewed energy after quite a long winter, I think. Absolutely. Yes. It's been, it's been so long. It's just, it's just dragging now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it really is, yeah. But luckily, yay, the new collection um, is literally full of the joys of spring, I would say. <laughs> I really think it's such a fun book to be working on with you, I think, at the end of such a long winter as well, because 
Um, anyone that's ever read a Robert Gardner book will know that it doesn't take itself too seriously. There's plenty of fun in there. And also just mm. um, an all-round acceptance of everybody in that book, I think. Mm. Even the people oh. come up against you, you're still rooting for them in some way. And I just think that's such a Robert <laughs> Gardner thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's, 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 um, I think there's a serious message underneath some of the poems, which um, I do serious subjects, you know, like homophobia and uh, mental health and things like that. But um, I always try and coat it in an accessible, fun way that helps people get to the subject matter and, and uh, you know, they can see the seriousness of it as well. So I'm hoping it works on several levels. It's, it's what I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, I know. I think it does. I think it's really nice to be able to read, you know, we're not nice to read about instances of homophobia at mm. all, but for it to be spun in a way that's like almost water up a duck's back, like, yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. I'm going to write it down mm. as a poem now, you know, that's relatable. You know, I'm nodding along to these poems and being like, yeah, I've sort of experienced that before or someone shouted out mm. at me from a car before and, um, yeah. And that interruption can be taken really negatively, but I think the way you, in which you write about it is um, brings some kind of comfort from it, you know, that there's a shared experience yeah. there. Definitely, yes. And it's just a way of, of I mean, the, one of the poems, as you know, is about uh, homophobic abuse, swallows at the Edinburgh Fringe being shouted from a, a passing car. And um, it was just a way of getting some kind of jump out because I couldn't go running after them. And, it takes me ages to think of something on the spur of the moment so I couldn't go running after them and come back with a, a witty comeback so yeah several months later a poem emerged so <laughs> that's my that's my way of getting back <laughs> such a such a great poet thing to do isn't it like oh we we all do that where we were like oh I, I can't think of something right now but later when you're laying down mm. in bed you're like oh I should have said that <laughs> yeah and but but you know poets we have this great gift of them being able to like do something about it be like yeah mm. well actually i'm gonna write this down <laughs> <laughs> something out of it, yeah. it the revenge comes back round eventually you get mm. your comeuppance eventually which is great so how was yeah. how was um how was putting this book together for you over the over the last year like did you find it particularly hard to do without doing the live shows as well or did well, you, feel like you had more time <laughs> Well, it, yeah, obviously I had more time. Um, it's been an interesting process, actually, because when um, I first started planning the book, way back in, I think it was 2018, I just en envisaged this book of happy, upbeat poems, kind of like a pop album that, that colours your summer, that you think of years later, and it suddenly takes you back to a time and a place. But uh, lockdown happened, and... Um, I started working on a show to accompany the new book and um, so the, the book the poems are all brand new they're all not all the poems in the book are brand new but a lot of the poems were never performed in front of an actual audience they might have been performed at gigs online and things like that so it's it's been a process of discovering discovering what I think might work and and what I think people will enjoy without that comfort of doing it in front of a live audience once or twice a week. So, but um, yeah, and when I was putting the book together, I noticed there was a very strong autobiographical kind of theme running through it, which kind of surprised me when I was looking, when you, when you put it aside and look back at it 
for a, a few weeks later and um and i i'm kind of pleased with that i kind of like the thematic whole of the book so yeah it's uh, been a strange a strange process yeah i would say that this book is more autobiographical than any of your other books before and maybe mm. that's because you have haven't had that performance element to to fall back mm. on it so, you know your last two books i think were very performative and very um you know, you could see that they were tried and tested poems in front of an audience. You know, there was mm. participation in there, repetition, that kind of thing. And this book feels more like um, you're, yeah, working, you're behind the scenes, you're off the stage and, you know, you're mm. the person writing the, the jokes behind the stage and this is who you are as a person. And yeah, I like mm. it. I, I, I like that combination of the two, the two Roberts. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased with it. Um, yeah, it definitely it's definitely something different to my usual my last two books, which I'm I'm kind of pleased. The last two, yeah, they were like greatest hits of the poems I, I was performing at the time. But this is this has got um, material from my last few shows. But yeah, and it's got some really new autobiographical pieces, which I really can't wait for people to read for themselves. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it really shows. It's um, it's a great it's a great book, and I also love the um the way that you've turned it into obviously i think your last did you do zebra as a show as well i did yeah i mean i did poems from zebra in a show which i called static and that was that was a bit autobiographical as well but um yeah yes. that was i did yeah so you've been putting together yay as a as a spoken word show hmm. um how is that uh, all direct pieces from the book or is that more of um, a narrative with poems interweaved from the book well I did the classic uh, when, when we were planning the book I was think I was also planning a show but I really wasn't sure what the show would be like I didn't know if it would just be me with a microphone reading poems from the book and lockdown gave me the opportunity to plan something a bit more um, ambitious so I did the, um, like, like when you see these West End musicals and they take all the greatest hits of like Queen or Abba and they make a little story out of it. So I, I took the poems that are in Yay, I looked for a theme and I've, I've made it into like an hour story where the poems kind of weave in and out of the, um, the main narrative. And I'm really happy with it. It's called, the, the show is called Yay, The Search for Happiness. And it's it's kind of a, a sister to the book itself. Yeah, I, I spent lockdown also learning the whole thing by from memory by heart. So um, it's hopefully it's just going to be me and the audience and a script I know really well, and it's all going to be brand new. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. well, that's going to be great. So we're um, you're um, um, I talk a lot about in the book as well about being from. Well, you talk about a lot of small town places, not necessarily just where you are, but um, lots mm. of different, you know, the small town um, legacy, as, as it were. You know, there's um, a lot of big poets that come from a lot of big cities and they talk about those big cities. And uh, one of the things I love about mm. Burning Eye is, is publishing those tiny regional places, because I think there's so many great stories to, to, to tell from there. And you bring them to life so well in Yay. Mm. Um, and I just sort of like what inspires oh, you? you? What inspires you about these places? <laughs> Is it about small towns? Well, I grew up 
in the suburbs of just outside Heathrow Airport. And it, it always felt like a nowhere place because it was just within reaching distance of London. But it wasn't London and it wasn't the countryside and it wasn't um, the seaside. So it wasn't the city. It was just a, it just felt like a nowhere place, you know, just kind of you had the airport, you had the motorway, you had the train line. And we were kind of squashed in the middle of all this. And then I moved 25 years ago at the end of this week. It will be the anniversary. I moved down to the seaside in Devon and it was a totally different way of life. And I've always, because of that, I've always just loved places. I think when you're doing poetry or stories or writing of any kind, the place is just as much a character as the people as well. And because of that, I've just, I don't know, I'm just an old romantic when it comes to travel and meeting people and finding stories, including my own, my own autobiography. So um, it's just, yeah, I just love places. I just love small towns, the people in them, and the fact that cities are just just the same, really. They're just the Not same bigger. preoccupations. Yeah, just a bigger scale, but people are just people all over the world. It doesn't matter where they live or what kind of city or town they're in, I think. Yeah, I really enjoy that about living in Bristol and being, and the fact that most of the surrounding area is just small towns, you know. Mm. I'm originally from Southampton and that's like a forest around there and like little cheeky mm. places in the forest. Um, but they're, they're quite touristy a lot of the time. Whereas like, I, I really like getting on the train and just going to, down to Western Supermare for the afternoon. Mm. Yeah. It's really great. And, you know, and you're right. There's so much character in the place as well as the people that are there. And like, there's also something very familiar and homely about it, even though it's not where I'm from and, yeah, I get and and I get that same feeling when I read Yay as well. That mm. sort of like comforting um, home feeling, um, you know, and being welcomed into that is that it feels very privileged to be like, oh, thank you for letting me inside <laughs> a world of of this little this little place that you live. Mm. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, it's um, it's it's almost a concept book in that first two poems and the last poem are all about living at the seaside yeah. and um, I, I did that on purpose because I, I one of my heroes is the, um, the pop singer Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys and he said that a concept album should always have two first songs that should be about the same thing and the last song should be about the same thing so um, this is kind of almost a concept book in that <laughs> It's got this seaside kind of feel to it. Yeah. Saucy yeah. sort of seaside humour, but updated for the 21st century, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love the mix of that, like, small town, um, like, kookiness, with also, like, queerness as well. Like, mm. it's such a beautiful combination of those things. And things that often go, that don't get talked about a lot. You know, there's a lot of, like, big queer culture in the cities, but... Most of those mm. people came from small towns where there was no yeah. culture. Do you know what I mean? And, and you're creating <laughs> yeah. that and, and giving it a space and a narrative, which is great. You know, oh, tell, me, true. Yeah. tell me about your, your, your local scene. What's your local scene like? <laughs> well, I live in a town called Paynton, just outside oh, of Torquay. My best friend is from Paynton. Oh, wow, fantastic. <laughs> and I, I live um, 
I live a three minute walk from the actual beach itself. But um, to be honest, LGBT wise, there's, there's nothing in Paynton. I mean, there's me, I, I know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's more of us. Um, Torquay's got one or two bars, but that's, and that's it. That's all there is down here. I mean, for example, I was, I was in Victoria Street, the main shopping street here in Paynton just a couple of days ago, and I was wearing my rainbow flag badge. And this, this lady, this person came up to me and said, um, oh, is that, is that for LGBTQ? And I said, yes, it is. And she just went, oh, that's brilliant. Oh. She just walked up. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice. It was like, um, it's like, oh, we found someone else. There's, there's more of us here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better than someone coming up to you and being like, oh, yay for the NHS. <laughs> You're like, no. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they stole it from us. They stole it from well, the queers. We've, um, we've lent it to. We've lent yeah, it we've, to. Yeah, we've lent it to the to the NHS because they need yeah. it now. You know, they need the yeah. support that they can get, <laughs> <laughs> and the unbridled support of the LGBT LGBT community, right there. Yes. that's what they need. Yeah. Oh, nice. And what about poetry? You know, is there? You know, what's your? Where do you travel for your nearest? You know, local nights or whatever. Well, um, Torbay has got a very weird local microclimate of spoken word. Um, I don't know what's going on here, to be honest, but um, it's just not like the rest of the country. I know you go to, I go to Bristol a lot and I go to London a lot and they, they've got their own feel the nights at these places, their own kind of scene and they're kind of distinct from each other, but they're both very wordy very serious very lovely I love it there as well very diverse um Torbay on the other hand has a very comedy orientated spoken word scene and uh, and it stretches back I think to I think it's about 2008 we had a night here called Poetry Island run by a chap called Chris Brooks and he was a comedian and a poet and he used to get all the comedy poets come down to perform people like uh john higley uh matt harvey of course who lives near here anyway and a, a poet called rachel pan technicon who was big back in the 2000s and people just used to flock to the door he, to, he could sell out that place three times over because there was such an appetite for comedy poetry so of course that influenced the whole scene of poets coming up who wanted to take up spoken word for themselves. They thought the default spoken word uh, kind of outlook was to be a comedy poet. So <laughs> consequently, 10 years later, you just can't move for comedy poets in Torbay. I, I really love it. You can just do, I mean, you go to a normal night here and you'll get, for example, there's one Tom Austin, he does things with cardboard cutout characters on stage. And then <laughs> I, I, one night, I remember I built a robot on stage while performing and then got the robot to do the rest of my set. Um, so this is like some weird, <laughs> like, cantina cabaret. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what it is, is that the cabaret kind of style of poetry, which was predominant in the 90s, has just taken longer to get to, to, get to Torbay. <laughs> just like all the other fashions. So um, 
I mean, we've got serious poets as well. We have jazz poets called Jason Disley. He does he does poetry to jazz music on stage. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a, a really weird microclimate down here. So yeah, we've got three big nights here: big poetry and stanza extravaganza over in Torquay, and um, What's it called? I forgot. Oh yeah, Speaky Blinders, right here in Paintham Town. Speaky so, Blinders. Speaky <laughs> Blinders, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's so cool. That actually is, uh, yeah, really. Uh, that's really surprised me, but also really delighted me to know that this this little microcosm exists. Mm. And it's you know because you and you hear you know most of the the focus around spoken word performance poetry is focused on people in big cities predominantly mm. london you know it's all about mm. london what what's london doing what are the london poets doing you know um yeah and that you know one of the great things about burning eyes that we're situated in the southwest so therefore we get to have roam of like the rest of the country and i love mm. i love publishing people from little regional places because they have the most interesting stories to tell about their yeah. local scenes and how they mm. you know started because it's you know it, the population is smaller there's less people you know especially in areas like devon as well it's quite rural so it might take people longer mm. to get to the venues than it would in a city like it's very inspiring rob to hear about your little scene there it sounds amazing <laughs> like i'll have to come uh, down at some point absolutely yeah definitely yeah once we, once we get up and running again because i i help out running Big Poetry, which is the new name for Poetry Island. So we've been running for about, if we were still going, this would probably be our 14th year as a continuous night. Wow. Um, we've been gone online, but um, yeah, so yeah, we're, it's just a shame that <laughs> this lockdown came along and just stopped everything because we used to get poets from all over the country who used to come down and just do their wonderful words people like Vanessa Kisule and yeah. you know have, um, you guys, have you guys moved online much have you done much stuff online as a as a night yeah yeah we, we do gigs every couple of months online on zoom it's just not the same because they, the other thing down here is our audience demographic is much older than the rest of the country oh uh, yeah yeah I see and <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't want to stereotype but a lot of our regular audience aren't online they might have an email address if you're lucky but they certainly don't do social media or things like that so mm. I'm just hoping they when it all starts up again we've still got an audience <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's really interesting to, to say that like we talk a lot about you know the accessibility of online gigs and stuff but mm. uh, you know what you're saying there is you know um, I would love to see a continuation of both online and, and digital gigs mm. because they're both accessible mm. for a lot of different reasons mm. you know just yes, a bit yeah. of wide scope and stuff and obviously you yourself you've been doing a couple of gigs online i've seen over the last mm. year keeping your, your your toes in it that's not mm. the expression What's the <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes yeah, i've been i've been doing um i had a few feature gigs last year for different online gigs it's, it's really nice to meet other people from other parts of the country who you wouldn't normally get the chance to see and it's all thanks to these online gigs so I mean, I, I performed in New Zealand not long ago. That was, Amazing. as you probably know, it's, um, yeah, without leaving home. So. Yeah. And the, and the best thing about New Zealand is that um, you can do the gig and 
and then it's half 10 in the morning you still got the rest of the day to yourself so it's bonus <laughs> yeah that is really great yeah i play at dungeons and dragons with some friends in new zealand and they always play in the evening and i always play in the morning and when we're finished i'm like oh i've got the rest of the day now this is great yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really nice yeah. yeah it's really fun but yeah i love it i love that being able to connect with people on a, on a more international level and, and for it to be much more accessible with the help of zoom mm. and things yeah. like that yeah hope hope fingers crossed that we can still reach each other after we start mm. opening back up again how are you feeling about Definitely. doing online um, uh, outside gigs again are you planning to do a tour for the show uh, yes I'm, that's the plan yes i'm i'm trying to put something together at the moment it's we're definitely coming to Guildford, so that's one one day already. Is Guildford and um, Topness in December. We've got someone's asked if I can come and do the show in Topness. So got two dates so far. So watch this space. I'm sure they'll all come rolling in soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get back to it. We'll get back on our feet soon. It's a bit of a mm. weird time because you're like, oh yeah, well we could go out and do gigs, but also nobody's booking quite yet and everyone's being very mm. um, tentative about what their, their future plans are which I totally understand you know it's a bit of, it's still an unpredictable time but you, yeah. you and everyone else that we're publishing this year and last year have been all so um, good at adapting to you mm. know the new changes and stuff like that and, and a lot of the process that we have at Burning Eye hasn't really changed because everything we do is digital anyway um, mm we've if anything sort of upped more about our engagement with with poets and stuff like that so it's been really nice to um be able to work with you on this book a little bit more um and see what else you've been doing online i've seen your blog posts about you know how you put the book together and the book cover and stuff mm. like that which i will direct our listeners to um in the description of the episode sure yeah um but uh, Rob, I was going to ask you if you wanted to read us a poem from Ye for us. Sure, yeah. Any poem, whatever one you're feeling today. But, <laughs> but before that, I have a question that I've been asking everyone on the podcast, um, which you probably heard me ask Rob G as well, um, is if you could be entertained by one performance poet, spoken word artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? <laughs> mm. That's that's tricky because I, I love there's so many I like. I mean I love Selena Gordon, for example, and um Melanie Branton is a good friend of mine. She I just I could listen to her for hours and hours. Um a friend of mine in America performs as Dandy Darkly. I could listen to him for ages. He's a he's a performance artist, drag clown. I you should really check him out because it's, it's so wonderful. But it would have to be the person that inspired me to start in the first place and that is of course Rachel Pantechnicon I think she was just because she was one of the very first performance poets I actually saw live so in my head that that's kind of set the bar of how a performer should be and how they should perform and how funny they should be and absolutely everything that the degree of professionalism that she put to her to her work so I'm going to go with Rachel yeah uh, that is a top choice mm. I love Rachel I think she's extremely cool like when I was coming up through and starting out she was um up there but in a, like a very queer and um um sort of um under the radar kind of reputation mm. which I was really into and I was like oh that that's real cool that is yeah good yeah. choice yeah 
Good choice. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> so what poem are you going to read for us today? Well, I am going to do A Yak in the Back of the Car, just because um, I live such a glamorous life. I went shopping earlier this morning. I went did my weekly shopping. And for some reason, <laughs> the words of it were coming into my head as I was going up and down the aisles. I don't know why. There was nothing in the supermarket that reminded me of yak in the back of the car. But so, yeah, so I thought that's the one I'm going to do on the podcast later on. So here we go. It's called A Yak in the Back of the Car. You gave me a lift home, but you had a yak in the back of the car. I wanted to tell you how much I loved you, but had a yak in the back of the car. I said, pull over to the hard shoulder. I've got yak slobber on my shoulder. It's hard to whisper sweet nothings with yak slobber on my shoulder. And you had a yak in the back of the car. I'd planned all day to reveal my love and make plans for our life together. But when you pulled up into the station forecourt, you had a yak in the back of the car. My hopes and dreams lay as tattered as the rancid fur on the flanks of the yak, the yak in the back of your car. We went to the McDonald's drive through We both had chicken McNuggets and the yak had a Big Mac. In the long silence that followed as you drove, I slurped Pepsi Max and the yak kept farting. The evening was not as romantic as I'd hoped. I'd built up the night as being the one, but the only intimacy I got was the yak resting its big chin on the top of my head. Its stubbly beard and pungent aroma somehow reminding me of my Aunt Mavis. At the traffic lights, some youths pulled up next to us and yelled, Hey, that thing belongs in a zoo. And the yak shouted back, he's the only one who can drive. You got out of the car to pay at the service station. I tried to make small talk with the yak. I couldn't get anything out of it. For an animal called a yak, it didn't talk very much. And just as I was telling it how much I loved you, it threw up in my lap. We snuck into a late night bar, you and me and the yak in a wig. But it got mistaken for Boris Johnson and we had to get the hell out of there. As we drove, we sang along to late night jazz. You and me and the yak in the back, soulfully, its beautiful crooning, fogging up the windows with yak breath. And I wanted to say, hey, forget the yak. I've got something to tell you. I love you, and I always have, but I couldn't. What with the yak in the back of your car, who, incidentally, was the only one there who was even slightly horny. A psychoanalyst might say, we all have yaks, yaks in the backs of our cars, to which I might respond, hey, I'm paying 60 quid an hour for this bollock. And then, all of a sudden, you whispered, hey, let's find a hotel and make out. And I replied, what about the 
you know what? And you said, it's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> I can also uh, sort of imagine you walking down the aisle going, <laughs> yeah. mumbling it under your breath. <laughs> and that, that poem was a, a true story. That was a deeply autobiographical one with the deeply autobiographical great yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that's uh yeah thank you so much for chatting with me today it's been really nice to catch up with you and thank you for having me book. the book is now available um from our web store at blurningeye.co.uk or and preferably you should go direct um where can people buy the book direct from you rob if you go on my website, which is www.professorofwhimsy.com, I have an online shop, so you can order it directly from me as well. Great. Yay! Might even be the preferable word there. <laughs> Yay! Um, Yay! <laughs> yeah, do make sure you go direct um, to Rob, um, because that means that Rob gets the most amount of money um, for <laughs> yeah. book sales, which is, as all spoken word artists know, the most important part of the hustle. <laughs> that's it, <laughs> it really is. Uh, it's been such a pleasure to catch up with you today and hear a bit more about um, your spoken word origins and your your local scene and um, a little bit more magic behind the book thank you so much Rob thank you so much Bridget thank you